Dan Bongino. All the Sanders supporters love throwing bombs at me, and I throw them right back. I'm not here to pull any punches, right? The Dan Bongino Show. This is the great irony of conservatism. Even liberals win under conservatism. Get ready to hear the truth about America. Are you suggesting you're that stupid that other people can run your lives better than you can, even though the cost and quality of what they buy, quote, for you doesn't even matter to them? On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republican with Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? Always glad to be here, Dan. Thank you. So, folks, if I can air a grievance for a minute, and this is not Festivus from Seinfeld, the airing of grievances, the Festivus <laughs> Bowl, and and the, uh, the, what is it, the strength contest yeah. as well. But this is the area for all you Seinfeld fans, the area grievance portion of the show. So I got this Raptor that I love. It's not, the grievance is not about the Raptor. It's the greatest truck I've ever, I love this car. I cannot recommend this Raptor highly enough. It is the greatest thing ever. It is BA, bad, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But the tires on the truck are like 500 bucks each. They're these Baja tires. Yeah. So sure. they have super, uh, super thick tread on them. So I had a guy do my roof here down in Florida a little while ago, uh, about six months ago. And this must have been the most incompetent roofer in human history. I mean, I haven't had any leaks since then, but he left about, yeah, about 500 nails on my roof or something. <laughs> so every time there's a rainstorm, they come down. They come down the, 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 the spigot there and they flow out into my driveway and promptly get sucked up by all my $500 Raptor tires. That's and right. it's driving me crazy. <laughs> so finally, luckily, the tread is so thick that unless it's a super big nail, it's not going to get through. So finally, I got tired of it. I called these gutter professionals people. I'm like, can you come in and just clean these damn gutters out? And he goes up there. The guy just left. He goes, dude, you're never going to believe it. He found like 20 huge nails. Folks, I'm not even talking about the small ones. Wow. I mean, like, if you were looking to, like, use nails as, as firearms in a nail gun, these are the nails you would use. They were so big and devastating. And he's like, man, this guy's an idiot. Like, who doesn't clean nails off a roof? Ugh. Hey man, you ought to check your check your tires out at night. You might be sparking when you're turning corners. That's oh my gosh! Cool. <laughs> Every day it was like a nail in my. T- it's to the point now. You know, I get up in the morning at five to go work out. I'm out of my house by like five forty-five. It's still mm. dark. I go in my driveway with my flashlight to look for nails. So he cleaned them out. But <laughs> all right, enough of that. All right, a lot to talk about today. So the liberal three musketeers are collapsing before our very eyes. I teased this uh, yesterday, and I want to talk about it a bit today, folks. The left's agenda. If you'll allow me a second here to get a little bit, uh, you know, political philosophy, uh, the air on that side instead of facts and data for a minute. The left's agenda is is always been a disguised one because it's one that will never gain popular support. Now, you may say that's crazy. I mean, it's it's always popular to be a leftist. I mean, Hollywood are leftists, the media are leftists, academics are leftists. Everybody airs on the side of leftism to cool. the point where if you're a conservative, you're usually kept out of polite conversation because you're deemed to be an istophobe misogynist, racist, homophobe, transophobe, because that's all the left has. Now, that idea that leftism is in fact moderation and is in fact the dominant political philosophy in the United States, which is false, which is false, that is not true. That is not true based on, you take general polls, you ask people their political ideology, um, you, you, uh, you've seen, seen the election of Donald Trump, you have the House of Representatives overwhelmingly uh, run by Republicans, the Senate run by Republicans, governorships overwhelmingly run by Republicans, states overwhelmingly run by Republicans. Liberalism is a minority opinion. It is not the dominant political philosophy in our society. Today. That's just a fact, folks, however inconvenient it is for the left. There's a way they maintain this veneer of respectability and this veneer that they are the dominant uh, you know, zeitgeist of the time. 
<laughs> the way they do it is through the, these three musketeers of idiocy. Hollywood, academia, and the media. Folks, it's collapsing before our very eyes right now. And I have to tell you, it is a beautiful thing to watch. It really <laughs> is because they have lied to us for so long. The shame of it, though, yeah. and I mean this on a serious note, is although it is going to be beneficial to our culture in the long run to have these institutions and their gaslighting tactics uh, summarily discounted and, and and to collapse almost completely into the future, which I think is going to happen as we get a more uh, you know discombobulated and and and, uh, and and decentralized media environment, it's painful that a lot of this stuff had to happen first. Now, let me just break them down one by one. So, media, Hollywood, and academia. The media. What a complete, utter, total evisceration of the media yesterday by General John Kelly. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you who may have missed it, General Kelly got up yesterday at the White House, uh, gave about a eight to ten minute, Joe, I mean, I know you probably yeah. covered this this morning, eight yeah. to ten minute speech from the Brady press room. Not a speech, but a, a defense of President Trump's calls to Gold Star families, families who have lost people in combat. Now, the controversy generated when uh, a, a Frederica Wilson, a disgusting human being who uh, elected, got elected to Congress, I don't know how, um, she's filth, she's human filth, has attacked and had attacked President Trump because... She had one of the widows of one of the soldiers killed in Niger, and I I discussed this yesterday, put the phone on speaker, and she listened in into Trump's condolence call and then attacked Trump for the wording of that call. Now, I got an email from a listener. I think it was Tracy, and um, maybe I wasn't clear. I was not attacking Trump the other day for the call. Mm -hmm. She's like, maybe you you have a change of opinion on Trump's call. I don't know where she got that. I'm going to have to go re-listen to that show, and maybe it came out wrong. But No, I wasn't attacking Trump at all. I, I... Trump is a Queens guy, you know, like me. Sometimes things don't come out worded so elegantly. Um, They just don't. I mean, it's just how we talk. We talk like normal people. But she decided to attack Trump. So General Kelly, who was a gold star father himself, who lost his son heroically in combat, came out to basically just defend what President Trump is doing. Why, Joe? Why this needs defense is, is, Mm -hmm. is absolutely bizarre. Why the president of the United States, who chooses, this is not an obligation, it's not a formal executive duty of his office, President Trump, he's a sinner like everyone else, we're all sinners folks, he's just a man, he has foibles and you know he has little picadillos like everybody else, but he chooses on his own time and of his own volition to call people who've lost their, their loved ones in combat. Why that was the subject of a political attack is one of the great mysteries of modern politics and can only be a liberal that would do something so sick. Frederica Wilson is a national, international, global, intergalactic embarrassment of the highest order who should never be mentioned in polite conversation again. She's a disgrace to herself, to politics, to her family, and to frankly anyone who maintains a relationship with this person. She went after the president for calling a grieving widow. Now, her allegations were that Trump was indelicate in his wording, that he said, well, this is what he signed up for. Again, I don't want to repeat yesterday's show. I don't understand what even about that is offensive. Mm -hmm. 
the, the, this hero dies in combat because, yes, he voluntarily took on a mission draped in the flag of the United States of America, fighting for, 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 for those colors, what we all believe in, for almost no money. These guys, what do you think? He did it to be rich? He, he knew what he signed up for. That's a compliment. It's only an insult if you're a stupid-ass liberal. So Kelly gets up there yesterday and says, let me tell you about what happens when one of America's finest, our soldiers, are killed in combat. And folks, in one of the most sincere, heartbreaking, in some respects, heartwarming, and I know that sounds counterintuitive, Eight to ten minute speeches, conversations, national dialogues I've ever heard in my life. He talks about the process. Folks, I, I, I was never in the military. Um, I lost an uncle in combat myself uh, just south of uh, Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. I was you know, killed. I speak about him often on the show. But I didn't know this. When you're killed in combat and your body is is taken by your you know the, the survivors of the uh, uh, of the the firefight it's packed in ice and it's transported over to a uh, to where it's where it's processed it's then packed in ice again transported back to Dover and he walked through the process after that by which a casualty officer contacts the family how they sit in front of the house and they wait for a le- I mean, folks, I can't, I really, I'm sorry, I, I can't even, I don't even want to talk about it because I'm going to lose it on the show and it, 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 Joe's going to have to cut this out. They have to sit there in front of the house to wait for a light to come on to tell the, the, this person's loved ones that that's it, they're gone. You will, I mean, can you imagine the horror? I mean, the reason this is so such an emotional issue to me is I remember my own family and and how the loss of my uncle, my mother's brother in Vietnam. I mean, nothing was the same, folks. There, there was I, I say all the time there was pre-Greg and post-Greg. Nothing was the same, and this this horrible disgusting filth of a congressperson in Florida thinks this is a political hot potato to pass around she thinks this is funny what what are you going to do fundraise off it you trying to raise a few bucks here and there I mean seriously do you have any shame So Kelly gets up there yesterday and gives this unbelievable talk about what actually happens to the dead bodies of America's finest heroes and the grieving process and how the casualty officer notifies the family of these fallen heroes and the media, Joe, and this is how I want to wrap this up for you, these jackals. These, these, these heinous human beings, I thought to myself, my gosh, what a foil. I mean, what a foil. You want to talk about a diamond, John Kelly, 
on a very dark background. Kelly just shined. And in the room with these media filth, filth, not all of them, but they are good, sadly, a good majority. Media filth who don't have the balls to ever go and put themselves in the middle of whizzing bullets past their head in a foreign hot zone, who've never for a moment of their lives, most of them even sniffed the level of sacrifice that our lowest level ranking soldier would. To see him in that room, this this general, this hero, this hero to a hero who is now passed, in the room with these savage jackals, was one of the great dismantlings of an American myth I've ever seen. And that myth being that these media people are worth any respect at all anymore. Folks, I'm a Christian. I'm a devout. I'm a sinner like everyone else. I'm prone to anger and rage. Those of you who know me, just Google me. You'll figure that out. But I've got to tell you, I have never seen a group of people in my life look more small than those media jackals, those savages looked yesterday. They sat in that room and looked like the smallest human beings on the planet. They looked, compared to the, the stature, the grace, the sincerity of John Kelly, they looked like a bunch of people worthy of nothing but shame. Daring to report a gun on, on, on the President of the United States' condolence calls to grieving people who've lost in, in an American nation. Who, I mean, the, the sacrifice that these people have given us. What a disgrace. What a disgrace. These people, I mean, I, folks, if you haven't seen it, and I, I, it's been played a lot. The only reason I'm not playing the audio is because it's long. And I, would, I sincerely would be doing you a disservice by taking any cut of it and not playing it in its entirety. It's about eight minutes. Mm-hmm. A lot of news stations, play. Martha McCallum last night almost broke down in tears on her Fox show playing. I'm not kidding. If you T-vote it, watch it. Every American needs to hear about this. Now, moving on. It's a tough thing to talk about, folks. But the three musketeers of idiocy, the media yesterday, I mean, made to look like just... Pond scum. Secondly, Hollywood. Obviously, we know about the Weinstein story. No need to recover or to, to, to recover the issue right. here. But I saw a story in the Daily Signal, by the way. By the way, Joe, I have to credit you. You are a fine producer. You know, one thing about Joe, Joe has been in this industry a long time. And sometimes Joe just lets me go. And I do appreciate that. And I think the audience does, too. I think he knows when, you know, I appreciate the time that. To, a little, time to be quiet. Yeah. Well, little little things I think about this show where you and I just kind of know each other after a while, and you know, I don't. Uh, by the way, folks, I don't look at Joe. Joe's in Maryland. I'm in Florida. We're talking right now over Skype. Joe doesn't even need. You know, when you're in the studio, you have an advantage. You can look. You can give him the, hey, zipper your mouth. We don't have any of that. All I need to do is talk, and he just knows. So. Oh, thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're a good man. Well, um, Hollywood. So we know about Weinstein, but I saw a story in the Daily Signal today, which will be in the show notes, always available at Bongino.com. And again, a, a triple thanks to everybody who subscribes to the show notes. We've been adding tons of new people per day. I will send you these <laughs> stories uh, if you're interested. If not, just go to my website. They're right there, Bongino.com. 
There is an article in the Daily Signal about, I, I mean, I, I shouldn't laugh. It's not, it's not funny, but it is because it's like you can't believe it's really happening. There is now a, 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 a leftist who posted on, a liberal who posted on Facebook that she's having real trouble. Why you would post this on Facebook, by the way, and make a total fool of yourself is beyond me. It's like, if you're a dopey liberal, keep it to yourself, right? Yeah. That she's having trouble, Joe, uh, dressing her daughter in a Moana costume. Um, Moana, for those of you who are unaware, is the Disney princess. All right. From the cartoon movie Moana, uh, she's an Islander. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, I I don't I don't know I, I don't get what cultural appro- I, I don't even <laughs> the point of this is she's a liberal concerned about what her five or six year old daughter wearing a Disney costume as cultural appropriation. Well, dress her as a vegetable if it makes you happy. You know. <laughs> Put her, put her in like an artichoke yeah. costume. I mean, that, but, uh, Joe, but I'm not even kidding. Like that could be cultural appropriation because who, where are artichokes going? I mean, the <laughs> level of stupidity. And the only reason I'm bringing this story up, folks, is because the media is collapsing. We saw that yesterday, how they were made to just look like total utter fools. Mm. This has been a lot the Trump-Russia fiasco, which is now blown up in their face into the Obama-Russia fiasco, which they refuse to cover. No, Very few people take the media seriously anymore. That's collapsing. The, the, the One of the three musketeers of wow. stupidity. Secondly, Hollywood. I mean, the Weinstein thing has exposed them. But the point I was bringing up about this is even here, this cultural appropriation thing has taken off. So it's not just the Moana costume. There was an article I saw, and forgive me, folks, this one won't be in the show notes. Um, I should have saved it yesterday. If I can find it, I'll put it in there. But it was an article written by a trade industry paper, an, an entertainment industry, trade industry paper. I'm not kidding. Talking about how there's genuine worry in the entertainment industry, you know, uh, plank two of the three musketeers of stupidity, that singers out there are culturally appropriating other singers and should people patronize or and, and 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 support them by buying their material. Joe, I'm not kidding. There's an argument out there now like, is Taylor Swift by using rap artists and is she culturally appropriating black culture? Folks, it never ends. Man. This is why, Joe, you know, you made a joke. You're like, dress them as a vegetable. That's funny. But Joe, we will be doing this show for a long time. I'm telling you, in 10 years, we'll be having a conversation about cultural appropriation of vegetable customs because it never ends. You've now, just quickly, academia, the, you know, the third musketeer, the three musketeers of stupidity. You've seen Paul Krugman and other people pretending to be academics who are now tweeting about cholera, apode- <laughs> uh, excuse me, uh, cholera outbreaks in Puerto Rico that never happened. I mean, I could go on all day about that, how the destruction of academic research for the purpose of politics. I do that all the time in the show where I just break down studies and how these studies, uh, you know, bastardize and destroy and torture statistics to make you to believe in a false narrative. Academia is collapsing as we know it as well. But one of the points I wanted to bring up about this is anger politics, division politics, identity politics. And this is where I started, where I told you the left has no real agenda that is any popular support. Mm -hmm. The left knows this, folks. They are not stupid. I'm talking about the organized left, not all Democrats. They understand, as I've repeatedly told you on this show, that high taxes, government control of health care, endless debt, and 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 a monopolistic public schools that are failing are not popular. These aren't dumb people. They are very well aware that this is a ridiculous agenda that no one's going to support. But 
they move for that agenda. Why? Well, Dan, why do they support it if nobody else in the public is going to support this? Because that's the essence of state control. Control of your money, control of your health care, and control of your kids' education. That is the power of the state. It's bedrocked in this idea that you are too stupid. Just leave it at this. You don't need to think any more about it. You're welcome to. If you want a more detailed analysis, you can read you know, David Horowitz's work. You can read, what's this? Uh, there's a great book by Dan Flynn, A Conservative History of the American Left. It, it's a great book. I highly recommend it. These are all fantastic books. Mark Levin's new book, Rediscovering Americanism, goes into it as well. You can read about the history of this and why the left believes in the all-powerful state, but the essence of it is very clear, Joe. They believe that human beings are essentially too stupid to monitor their own lives, and if we would only turn over the state, power, control, the locus of control, to smart government-appointed people that had the power to dictate over other people's lives how they're going to spend their money, their health care, and their kids' education, that the world would be a better place and the world is, in fact, perfectible. The conservative libertarian ethos is far different. The conservative libertarian good Republican ethos, show is that people are sinners. Mm-hmm. We're all broken men. We're all on a path to redemption. And giving power, no less monopolistic power through the state over any man or group of men, over other men, magnifies their ability to sin and destroys the lives of others through their own quest for power. And their own, que- I mean, they're sinners. They have no ability to do for you what you can't do for yourself. Those two ideologies can never coexist. Now, I'm sorry if I'm getting a little deep on this, but it's important yeah, we understand. All right. all right, good. The identity politics component of this, in other words, the very simply, you're a racist, <laughs> you're a misogynist, you're a sexist, you're a transophobe, you're an Islamophobe, you're a phobophobe, an istophobe. The left doing this is very strategic, folks. They understand that they have to hide from the majority of people what their real agenda is of state control because it's unpopular. And in order to motivate people to show up, they can't do it by saying, go to the polls, vote for high taxes, vote for public schools, vote for government-run health care. They can't do that. Folks, there's no way. They're not dumb. They know there is no public support for this. So they do what they do is they get people to go to the polls and support them by using anger as a motivator and victimology. By saying things like, are you black? Republicans hate you, you know. They really hate you. Well, can you prove that? No, I can't prove it, but they really hate you. (laughs) Therefore, go to the polls because we'll protect you. Despite the fact, wherever Democrats in charge, they've done the exact opposite. They've not in any way protected black America. They've decimated black America. But folks, they don't just do this with black voters. They do it with everyone. Immigrants, Hispanic voters, women. That's why there's this constant outrage campaign. Here's the problem with this. You may say, well, how the hell does this relate to what's going on in Hollywood? Mm-hmm. Joe, outrage like anything else generally subsides over time. I mean, think about it. Even people, I mean, think about my worst enemy. I'm not even going to mention his name. Most of you probably know who it is. Look at my Twitter profile. <laughs> <laughs> you know who it is. Right? My worst enemy on the planet. I'll be honest with you. Even let, even now, I'm like, whatever. Like, I, I'm serious. I'm not just saying that to be, like, you know, brushing off and, yeah. you know, pseudo make it go away. I just... You just can't stay angry all the yeah, time. Exactly. The, the human, you know, the, the human nature does not allow you to be perpetually angry. It's stressful. It takes a lot of energy. It's annoying. You know, the expression "time heals all wounds" is not just an expression. It's true, folks. The identity politics outrage campaign that requires victims, therefore, has to constantly fill the gas tank of anger and search for new victims. But eventually, folks, you run out of victims. 
And eventually you run out of causes. So you have to fabricate new ones. I shouldn't say you run out of causes. Your old causes lose steam. In other words, like the war on women. How many times are you going to say it before you're mocked? Now, did you notice you don't hear that mm-hmm. much anymore? Because it's just not working. So what's, what is it now? You have to find new victims. And the problem now, what you're seeing in Hollywood with this cultural appropriation, is eventually identity politics and anger politics eats its own. You've seen this with immigration protesters showing up at Nancy Pelosi's uh, rallies, Black Lives Matter protesters protesting liberal speakers. You've seen this with Hollywood calling out each other now. You're culturally appropriating. No, no, you're culturally appropriating. No, that guy's culturally appropriating. Folks, it never ends. Anger politics requires a constant full gas tank of anger and vitriol. And you can't do that without constantly fabricating a new cause that eventually turns on itself. Because you can't, there's only so many times you could call the same conservative groups of voters racist before they respond. Eventually you have to find new victims. And it's like, ah, let me see. I'm so trained at finding people who are victims. Now it's Taylor Swift fans, (laughs) cultural appropriators. Folks, it's an endless spiral. And you may say to yourself, well, Dan, I'm thinking this through as you're talking about it. Yeah. How does that work? I mean, eventually, if, if your endless search for anger and new victims starts to consume its own, what are you left with in the end? I mean, it's kind of a self-defeating strategy, right, Joe? Yeah. I mean, eventually, it's just you screaming at 330 million Americans, you're all pieces of crap, misogynist, <laughs> and it's just you left, right? Yeah. You're the only... Li- yes, that's it. I, I have nothing else. It is not. It is by by its nature. It is a default broken political strategy. That's why they're losing everywhere. That's my point. You may say, "Well, what kind of genius strategy is that?" It's it's not. It it. I'll tell you this. I don't mean genius in a qualitatively good way. It was a genius strategy for a while in an effort to motivate black voters and Hispanic voters. But the problem is the Democrats. We're saying, "All right, Joe, it worked for us for a little while." We got ahead in the Obama years a bit. Now we've taken some, you know, we've taken some losses. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to go back. There is no way to divorce yourself from it. If you are a college kid, a Hollywood entertainer, or a media figure who has never for decades known anything other than finding hate in Republican, Republican hearts and conservative hearts that isn't there, what, how do you eventually turn back and actually run on issues? No, it's just, I mean, I'm being dead serious. How do you turn back, Joe, and go, okay, now we're going to argue about the benefits of marginal tax rates on people's wallets and take home pay. People are like, wait, what? I'm so used to you calling me a racist. Because the data is not in their corner. They have nothing else. The party of JFK is dead. So folks, I want to leave you with a good note. Man, I really only, exp- I wanted to do 10 minutes on it. I try to break the show down into segments. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Is an, yeah, I know, because every time I get into this, I, I'm infatuated with this topic because it's just such a self-defeating uh, system. I just want to leave you with a bit of good news on this. This cannot win. It can't. This is a failing strategy that will lead to consistent Republican majorities if they keep it up. There's no other way around it. All right, I didn't even get to my sponsor. Hey, by the way, folks, I have a new sponsor coming on next week that I'm super stoked about. This is like a really awesome company, so don't miss next week's show. I, I mean, who listens to shows for ads? But no, this is cool. Like, this is a really, really great it is company. Cool. The product is cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, I was like, damn, why did I'll be honest with you. I didn't even want to take him out as a spider. I wanted to buy the company myself. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. Why can't I? Why didn't I think of that first? All right. Today's show brought to you by buddies at My Patriot Supply. Folks, you got to prepare. You got to get your emergency food. You know, I'm, I made a new friend in the neighborhood here, and he's like me, is concerned with preparedness. And I'll be honest with you, he's much more prepared than I am, and I'm kind of embarrassed. I don't have enough emergency food. I got to place an order maybe next week again with My Patriot Supply. Folks, with everything going on, EMP threats, natural disasters. You insure everything in your life that matters. Have you ever asked yourself, though, seriously, do I have insurance for my food supply? And if your answer is no, I mean, have you ever asked yourself why? Oh, it'll always be there. You sure about that? No, I'm serious. Like, are you sure? Like, what if it's not? Um, I don't know. Like I said, we'll try Squirrel. Some people love Squirrel. I got a listener who thinks it's great. <laughs> Good for you. I'm not a big fan. Never tried it. Maybe I should. Folks, you have to insure your food supply. It just makes sense. Go to preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. And for a special price, just 99 beans. 99 beans, you like yeah, that? Pun intended. For ni- 99 <laughs> beans, you'll get yourself a box of emergency food that will last a month. It is a one-month supply. Now, it's for one person. I have quite a few boxes in my house. I have their fruit and veggie kit, too. Just $99. It lasts for 25 years. That's 25 years of mental security knowing you have a backup food supply. All you need is water to prepare. It's super easy to prepare. Please go to preparewithdan.com. Please help support our sponsors. They support us. They keep the show free. And pick up your box of emergency food. I appreciate everyone who did did it. Uh, a couple folks have actually tried it, said it's really terrific food, and sent me feedback on it, so I appreciate it. Preparewithdan.com. Okay, uh, let's see. You know, I'm. do you ever read Hamlet? Um, no, I haven't uh, thought about it lately. Yeah, uh, the lady doth protest too much. I've heard uh, this, things. yes. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about what's going on right now with... Uh, the Democrats, and it's 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 sad. I mean, it is sad. I mean, I, I, folks, I don't take any pride in the destruction of a political party. That while the political party is being destroyed and their ideology, the country's going with it. But this fusion GPS, uh, uranium one story. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but Kim Strassel has a piece today in the Wall Street Journal that I will put in the show notes. Folks, pl- please read this. I don't I don't know Kim Strassel. I've never met her. But she has been just killing it lately at the Wall Street Journal with her op-eds. She has a piece. I, the reason I bring up that quote, that, you know, the, the lady doth protest too loudly, methinks. <sighs> uh, that's, that's always meant to be, a, 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 it's used today, of course, as a statement of insincerity. Yeah. The Democrats are losing their minds trying to cover this fusion GPS scandal up and because they're protesting too loudly, methinks, people are starting to ask questions like Strassel, like, what the hell's going on here? Now, for those of you who missed the story, Fusion GPS is the company that was paid to produce the famous or infamous Trump dossier, the widely discredited and debunked dossier about Trump and his sexual preferences over it's it's garbage it's total fabrication it's been debunked by every credible person in the business left and right right this was produced by fusion gps and their work with a guy named christopher Steele. the great mystery and i am not kidding when i say great mystery i'm not exaggerating of our political time right now is who paid for this dossier now strassel writes an incredible piece walking you through how the Democrats are losing their minds trying to prevent anyone from finding out who paid for this. And folks, here's my theory before I'm going to read a quick thing from the piece. 
Here is my theory, and I think Strauss will kind of, she doesn't say it directly, but kind of hints at it. I will bet you that Fusion GPS, which had already reported on ties to the Russians. Remember, this is a firm designed to dig up dirt on people. Yes, they had ties to the Russians, folks. Worked in conjunction with the Democrat Party to produce bad information to influence the outcome of a presidential election. Why is that such a the bombshell of all bombshells? It is the bombshelliest bombshell of all bombshells. Because, folks, remember the original narrative was that Trump and the Russians colluded to win the election, which has now been thoroughly discredited? Yeah. There's zero evidence of that at all? Not to be. Not to be. What if the story, Joe, the entire time was that the Democrats colluded, in fact, with the Russians through Fusion GPS and the dossier to produce a document of false information about a major party presidential candidate during a presidential election season? Folks, forget about Watergate. This would make uh, this makes Watergate look like the who stole five dollars from the parent teacher fund at the local school scandal. This is an enormous deal. Let me read you this quote from Kim Strassel's piece because it's amazing. She's really knocking it out of the park lately. She says, when she's talking she's talking about the Democrats' unprecedented behavior here, what she means is there was a hearing uh, yesterday, or this week, I should say. I'm not sure yeah. if it was yesterday. Up on the hill where the Fusion GPS people were brought up up on the hill mm-hmm. and were subpoenaed to testify about who paid for the fake dossier. It's a simple question, Joe. That is the question. Ed is the question, and the Democrats are losing their minds. So, here's Strassel. The untold story is the Democrats' unprecedented behavior. Mr. Rooney, he's a Republican from Florida, by the way, had barely started when committee staffers for Mr. Schiff, a Democrat, interrupted, accused him of badgering witnesses, and suggested he was acting unethically. This is at the hearing. This is, Keep in mind, the Republican who's getting ready to ask basic questions is was not interrupted by Adam Schiff, the Democrat. He was interrupted by the Democrat staffers. Hmm. Schiff wasn't even there. They stayed out of the meeting. Moving on. She says, jaws dropped. Staff do not interrupt congressmen. They do not accuse them of misbehavior. And they certainly do not act as defense attorneys for witnesses in a congressional hearing. No Democratic lawmakers even bothered to come to the hearing to police this circus. And Mr. Rooney told me he won't be doing any more interviews without a member from the minority present. Folks, minority party, that is. The piece goes on. I just read it. You know, I don't like to read entire pieces. I don't want to waste your time. It is an unbelievably good piece. I'm just saying the lady doth protests too much, methinks. Dude. Folks, this is going to be the scandal to end all scandals. This is not, you know, and you know me, I get, which is funny because some guy on Twitter, some clown was like, what are you trafficking in conspiracy theories? I'm like, I can't win, Joe. I debunk conspiracy theories. People hate me for it. And then I tell you what are just simple facts. What I just told you is a fact. What happened at that hearing actually happened. There were multiple witnesses. I didn't make it up. I am telling to you, I'm giving you a theory on what happened based on a collection of data as a former federal investigator that if this thing didn't stink, and if the, by the way, the ties between Fusion GPS and the Russians, none of that, that's all been previously reported. My humble opinion, this is going to be a political scandal to end all political scandals. And the media will ignore it, of course, Joe, because that's what they do. And that's yeah. what they do best, yeah. you know? All right. Today's show also brought to you by CRTV. 
Folks, if you sign up today, use Bongino as a promo code, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. We'll give you $10 off. You know, with everything out there uh, on cable, there's a lot of junk out there. CRTV, for a fraction of the cost, will provide you with the best conservative content out there. We have Mark Levin's show, Steve Dace's show. Uh, I forgot his name for a second. Steve, I always give <laughs> Steve Crowder's show, Michelle Malkin's show. We just added Gavin McGinnis' show and... Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty. He has a new right. show called In the Woods. Yeah, that show's been doing great numbers for us. So go check it out, crtv.com. Put in promo code Bongino. You'll save $10. It helps me a lot, uh, so I appreciate it. That's how the company tracks uh, CRTV, that is. Even though I work for them, they're also an advertiser on the show. So it does help me a lot when you use the promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. So I appreciate it. I told you my friend subscribed the other day for three yeah. years, too. And he's like, <laughs> I didn't use the code. I'm like, dude. Dude, remember the dude thing we had? The the 5,000 ways to say dude. Dude, you know, when you're, you know, there's a terrorist or a killer around the corner and you look at dude. But this is one of those, like, you're genuinely puzzled with someone. You're like, dude, dude, dude. That is like way number 127 of saying dude. I was a little bit upset. All right. Another must read report in the show notes from the Washington Examiner. This is just awesome. Folks, I, I, I talk a lot because I love economics about the benefits of low taxation because low taxation puts money in your pocket. Money in your pocket, there's only a few things to do with it. You can invest it, spend it, or consume it. Nice. All of those ways in their own respect can lead to growth in the, with respect to each one can lead to growth in the economy. This is not complicated. It's only complicated liberals who don't understand cash flows and basic economics. But there's a report out in the Washington Examiner about low, state, uh, low tax states versus high tax states. And I'm going to sum this report up for you because the evidence is overwhelming. Now, liberals, this is the portion of the show where you tune out. I know it's very unusual for radio hosts and podcast hosts to tell listeners to tune out, but this is the portion of the show where we do facts and data. Uh, so this is the you know I know you don't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you can tune out now and go back to your bubble. We're we're okay without you. I promise. We have enough listeners. We'll be okay. Yeah. But for the conservatives, libertarians, moderate Democrats, and good Republicans who are interested in the real world, here is a. Let's see, a composite of the uh, reports that have come out recently about low tax states versus high tax states. Now, low tax states, and it's all in the Washington Examiner piece. It links to all these studies. Again, you please go look them up yourself. Don't take my word for it. Again, we do facts on this show, troubling to libs at all times. Low tax states were winners on the Tax Foundation report on fiscal health and economic performance and population changes. So the Tax Foundation did a study of low tax versus high tax states, and the top 10 performers were states that were low tax states. Not complicated. <laughs> Moving on. A report that just came out by the State Business uh, Tax Climate Index, Joe Ranking, which it ranked states based on their tax systems and growth promotion, who were at the top, the same states in the, low tax, uh, in the Tax Foundation study. Wyoming, South Dakota, Alaska, Florida, Nevada. What do they have in common? Relatively conservative spending, low taxes, and a light regulatory load so businesses can operate without mounds of red tape crushing them. Uh, folks, I know, again, this is only... There's nothing I'm telling conservatives they aren't surprised about, but I know some of you, as I get these emails a lot, they say, I get this a lot, Joe. I get about 10 of these a week. Hey, I'm in college. I listen to your show, which I always appreciate. And I have a liberal professor, and he said this. Can you point me somewhere? Go to this examiner piece. All the studies are in there, Okay. Something Wyoming, South Dakota, Alaska, Florida, Nevada have in common. Again, it's low taxes and a relatively permissive business environment. The Mercatus Center at George Mason did a study on the top five states for fiscal health. (laughs) Conveniently not in those top five states, New York, New Jersey, California. Who were the top five states? Florida, North Dakota, South Dakota, Utah, and Wyoming. Again, conservative states 
low taxes, relatively constrained growth, and a permissive business environment. Uh, uh, liberals are like, oh, ah, oh, ah, what do you mean? Okay. Uh, another one, Alec. The Legislative Council did top 10 for economic growth, same states near the top. Uh, but more importantly, here's a couple, uh, uh, just in case you're saying, well, okay, so low tax states did well. Where did the high tax states rank? Well, in all of these studies, Vermont, California, New York, and New Jersey were near or at the bottom in every one of those studies. Uh, folks, don't let that get in the way, though. Seriously, Libs, don't let that get in the way of your stupid talk about, what about Kansas? What about Kansas? I get this all the time. Kansas. By the way, that's on my debunk this portion of the website about how Kansas cut taxes and had some fiscal problems. That's not up for dispute. But they ignore their job growth, how they became more competitive. And it was also they had some spending issues on the spending side of the ledger that were relatively not controlled. And Republicans have since, by the way, rolled back Republicans, a lot of those tax cuts. It's been a mess in Kansas because they didn't do it the right way. Just read the debunk this, folks. And just liberals. But they ignore everything else, Joe. Mm. Where tax cuts weren't done the right way with spending cuts associated with them, right? But they ignore Florida, South Dakota, Utah, Wyoming, other states that kick the crap out of Vermont, California, New York, and New Jersey. None of that matters to them. This is my point about liberals, how they will always make stuff up. They will cherry pick one example and ignore the multitude of other examples that makes their point irrelevant. Here's another thing from the piece I found interesting, Joe. There's a website. I haven't seen it. to be. I haven't logged on to the website, but uh, it's called HowMoneyWalks.com. And I've written reports on this for Conservative Review, talking about the exodus of people from high-tax states. Oh, yeah. Since 1992, I, I, this is a staggering number, Texas, a low-tax state, uh, pro-growth state, has gained $17 billion in adjust, gr- adjusted gross income from people who have left liberal states and moved to Texas. The list goes on and on. Florida, what? how people are moving down there. It's, 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 an, it's an ass-kicking of colossal proportions. How low-tax states are beating high-tax states in growth, fiscal health. But again, the le- it doesn't matter, folks. The left, constantly, they're just interested in lying to you. It's all about the mirage and the veneer of respectability. And again, it's just a mess. It's crap. It's like, that's why they have to resort to identity politics, because what I'll do is I'll put this out, and they'll be going, oh, you're a racist, obviously. You must be. A ra- well, what did I say that was right? It doesn't matter. You're a racist. You're a conservative. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, what? I was just talking about state fiscal health. Yeah, but you live in Florida, so you have to be a racist. I mean, that's just, oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> have a nice day. They don't have anything else. All right. Uh, one more thing to wrap up the week here. Which one should I start with? You know what? Let me talk about this one. This is a kind of a wonky story. I'll put it at the show notes. I saw it in the Washington Examiner this morning, but it's just, it's a little, you know, I don't know how mass market appeal the story has, but the idea behind the story really bothered me because it's something I wrote about in my second book. And it's something I talk about all the time about getting big. You know, how we're all, folks, we're all going to have to sacrifice something in the future. The government has ruined their fiscal condition. You know, they've spent your social security. They've spent pension funds. They've spent your kids' money. The government has ruined your fiscal health. If we're interested in fixing it, not just complaining about it like the liberals, we're all going to have to get big. And I saw a story this morning, and I, I why I clicked on I don't know. I didn't even have that interesting of a title. But it's about PVC piping and infrastructure. If you're like, what the hell? Huh? I'm tuning out now. Yeah. No, no, quick, because I'm almost done. This is, this is an interesting story. I was not aware of this, but there is a big push for national infrastructure. And one of the things that they're interested in, in doing is rebuilding our, our subsurface water piping, which is, you know, pretty straightforward. Right. Now, the water pipes that run under our streets, cities, and towns 
uh, used to be made of iron. Um, they've moved to PVC piping, but there's a new kind of iron, which they talk about in the piece, that's apparently now even better than PVC piping. So the piece talks about how the national PVC piping lobby <laughs> is now going to Congress, despite the fact that the iron... Ca- I, I don't, and folks, let me be absolutely candid. If you're a PVC pipe worker, I, am, I'm not, I don't know what's better. I'm not telling you. I, I don't know. I, am not an, I never talk about what I don't know. I'm just telling you about the overall picture here, that I find it incredible that the PVC piping lobby is now fighting for governments to almost for government money to be used nearly exclusively for the use of PVC piping rather than this iron alternative. It may be right. I don't know. My only point in this whole thing, folks, is this is, you know, Mansur Olson, when I wrote about this in book two, he talks about the idea of concentrated interest and diffuse costs. PVC piping may be great. It might not. I'm not sure. All I'm telling you is if it's not, and we're lobbying to do it because of a concentrated interest, that industry, Joe, mm-hmm. and a diffuse cost. In other words, where the costs of that are so diffuse among the rest of us that none of us has an interest in really fighting them. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would I fight yeah. the PVC? And you know what I'm saying? It doesn't, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not worth it to me. This will be the downfall of our society. If we are all in it for our own concentrated interests and we're willing to pass the costs off to everyone else. So I've read the piece. Just give it a read. It's just interesting. And it goes to show you, like, we should not be making decisions on critical things like that, our, our water infrastructure, based on anyone's lobbying. Again, it could be great, could be terrible. I'm not sure. But read the piece and it should upset you a little bit. We should be making decisions based on what's best for all of us. We're all paying. This is our tax money. All right, folks, I appreciate you tuning in. Please go to Bongino.com and subscribe to my email list. And thanks for all the great reviews on iTunes. I think we're over 700 now or something. So it really means a lot to me. I'll see you all next week. Thanks. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.